Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every other week and discuss the important things in life, like the half past society and the fact that it should not exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist and never should have. I'm not going to explain it. This week we have with us... <laughs> Red Clark. Oh, hello. We have Chase Greenley. Hello, hello. We have Owen Pepper. My name is Owen Piper, and by the 30s, I am reborn. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what? If we have me as your host, is my hun. I don't know what that means. You don't need to. You're not part, You're not a member, is me. Uh, I don't want to be a part of your terrible club that should not <laughs> exist. Anyway, we're talking this week about downtime in D&D and what you do with it. Because it, sometimes you have little moments in between, well, either in between campaigns or when like a big story beat has ended when your characters are just kind of sitting around and don't really have things to do, but they could be doing some fun things. Or you're traveling between places and need to do crap. There's a lot of time where downtime works. But yeah, there's there's a lot of fun things that you could do with it, but I don't know if a lot of people take advantage of that. So like, yeah, let's do our first general question of like, do you usually implement downtime in your games? And yeah, maybe just like a little thing about what you've done before with downtime that has been either interesting or that you would suggest to other people. Throw the D4. It's Chase Greenlee. All right. Uh, So downtime is tricky, especially online. I'm going to throw that out there. Like we are, we are currently recording this in the midst of a pandemic. And I know wild, right? But doing, at least in my experience, doing downtime online is much trickier. When you're in person, it can be just as easy as saying, Hey, I need to have this one scene with this one person. You forego RP in the next room, which is something that my home groups have done to incredible effect. There are legendary games where it was just like, yeah, the DM had something planned, but everybody decided they wanted to go to the spa and we spent the entire (laughs) time talking about how we all handled the full nude communal baths. And like there's just an inherent comedy in having like the super prudish characters and the super body characters all going to the same space where there's a level of vulnerability there. And that is (laughs) a lot of fun. It can be very funny, assuming you have a group that is, you know, that trusts each other and has earned that trust. Because that's a big component of that one very specifically. Um, Online, though, like I said, it is much trickier. Um, What I have started doing is uh, rather than if I'm doing a downtime game, rather than running for the full group at one time, I will say, hey, we're not going to have, you know, we're not going to play D&D on Monday. Instead, I'm going to run for you Monday, you Wednesday, and you Saturday, each of you for like an hour. And we'll do like itty bitty little like mini campaigns. It's just a tiny quest, whether you want to go and like follow up on something from something you've already done, or if you want to go explore something for your god, if you're a cleric or something like that. Um, And I've had a lot of success with that. So, I mean, it really is all going to depend. And that's kind of the nice thing about what well, you know playing ttrbgs is that it is it is not one size fits all but all sizes are available yeah. all right uh all right next up throw the dice that is owen pepper hello unlike chase i'm bad at D, so i <laughs> tend to use downtime um downtime for me is owen piper's sort of like time off 
so to speak. Like, I try to incorporate downtime into my games because, like, it works really well as, like, a narrative. Pe- like, narratives need peaks and valleys, and downtime is a very good way to do that because it lets players have some kind of personal investment in the parts where they're not killing monsters. Like, you know, oh, we want to spend a few weeks fucking about in this town. And I'm not saying, like, we have to roleplay every single encounter, but, like, you know, tell me what you want to do while you're doing this for two weeks, and we will then roleplay the key scenes of that and then you get some kind of benefit from it, be it like the item you wanted to make or some spell you wanted to create or something weird like that. But it's also just a fun chance for the players to RP with each other so I can sit back and eat some Doritos because I don't... (laughs) I'm bad at Dungeons & Dragons and I need time to look at my notes and think, what the fuck am I going to do now? Because they just tried to fuck the final boss instead of kill it. So now I need a minute. Um, So... So yeah, downtime. It's good. It can be very useful, both narratively, mechanically, and just as a way for you to have a bit of a relax and to think, oh god, what am I doing now with this campaign? Possibly speaking to Ismay directly for how how and why to do downtime, because my mouth get tired of doing things that aren't eat Dorito. So like, I'm like <laughs> when we're in D&D, can't eat Dorito all time. Too busy weaving narrative tapestry. Can't eat Dorito. <laughs> Too busy making everyone's experience enjoyable and like vamping off of player like bullshit hate it don't want to pander to them anymore one eat dorito uh, I want that sweet chili. You have a, you you literally. It's funny because you're 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 like one of the probably only people. I'm gonna guess one of the only people I know who have who have been part of an art, art piece about eating dorito. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that. I was literally like, who's this you're talking about? <laughs> to remember like the like the 12 hour shoot where i was eating doritos for an art piece uh- <laughs> how many how many takes did you like how many how many times did you have Alfred to eat dorito Clark, i ate three full family share packs of doritos is in May. 12 hours they call her they call her one take is <laughs> is May hutton that is too many doritos that is too many but like I'll tell you because like for why is like one I also ate a lot of makeup because I was in a lot of different cool makeups yeah Um, we had three different makeup looks and in all of them there had to be a shot where it was a close up on my mouth and a far shot on my whole face as I just shoveled handfuls of Dorito into my fucking gob and one of those was used (laughs) I nearly died we all make sacrifices for art is me that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're not risking your life, it's not going to end up in the Guggenheim. <laughs> you got to take risks. If this the is in the Guggenheim, done. something bad has happened to the world. <laughs> something bad has already happened to the you world. You know what? what Guggenheim, you here we go, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, last but not least, Alfred Clark. Yeah. So with downtime. I have less experience as a DM than a player. Um, the the campaigns that I've run that have lasted longer tend to be have been the based on the super adventure modules, like the big modules, like Out of the Abyss and um, Storm King's Thunder. And those mod those adventures kind of tend to they really sort of not like funnel you, but like you're kind of you know you naturally tend to not do downtime stuff. Like with my Out of the Abyss campaign, which is the main campaign that I'm running, it's just like. You're running through the dark. <laughs> you run through the tunnel. Uh, you, you run through tunnels for checks notes. Twelve days. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and th- there's definitely stuff I could have. I, I I probably could have 
found some more stuff to do there other than like like the you throw the occasional encounter in but like other than that i don't know i i it, it's really tough like i i i keep regretting doing playing um big modules like that but usually because those modules involve like stopping your players from doing other stuff either by putting yeah. them a thousand miles underground or in the magical land of strad where you can't go out or see anyone uh, yeah. or like you know you know there's always like something or or even just like you have three days <laughs> or something you know um yeah, yeah. and all of that really like it just means that it stops all of this like player driven stuff and a lot of the stuff that i is my favorite side of D that i don't really mm-hmm. explore very much mm-hmm. um uh the only stuff i have done is like I've, I've got i've got i've had like homebrew herbalism stuff because a player i had a player who just was like can i look for herbs like in skyrim <laughs> for a bit i was like sure <laughs> yeah uh i get that but other than that as a player um uh, i've used the the book uh strongholds and followers a lot it's an mcdm love uh, it so that's yeah so that's a lot of uh, that has a lot of fun a lot of very fun ideas for that stuff uh and it, it's kind of empowering empowering when you use a module as well because as a player you can kind of get ideas about what you want to do and plan things out and you know so like you when, when you can you can look at what what a castle will do for you as a fighter and then be like yeah i want that and then i'm gonna yeah i want that or i wonder if i can use this cast this ruined castle so yeah that's pretty empowering i like that but i think that it's something that is important enough that you might that it should be factored in like i i don't think that i'm going to ever run another one of those big super modules the big official modules because because they don't the the structure of their campaign is completely different to the structure that any structure that would support more downtime and player driven stuff to echo pretty much everything that alfred just said i am in the midst of running rhyme of the frost maiden uh, for a couple of folks, uh, my little brother included. This is his first D&D campaign. And it's been a lot of fun. And it's been really nice. To, it's like, okay, I don't actually have to write anything. I just have to look at this book. And then it tells me what to do. Uh, but it absolutely mm-hmm. stymies a lot of that like player-driven creativity. Like I've got one player in that campaign who I can tell he's... I've been playing with him for years and years, and I can tell he is a little frustrated by it. It's like, you know, he he wants to improve his character in these very specific ways, but you're in the middle of Icewind Dale, and there's just nothing up here except several backwoods towns and nothing else. And it's like, it really, mm. really, like, lots of downtime stuff is just kind of hard to come by. Also want to echo uh, Strongholds and Followers, like, that turns downtime into main campaign which is kind of what you want because Mm. if you can get you know start building some of those uh uh, establishments and and facilities that they offer in there and there's a new book from the sim company coming out here in the next year or so uh, called kingdoms and warfare which is going to expand on that if you like the idea of player driven content then those you know mcdm is just like that's that's where you want to go this is not really part of the podcast it's just a reminder to is for later that yeah we definitely have to have the episode where we're talking about strongholds and followers and i might see if i can like trick my boyfriend into coming on an episode of my stupid podcast Yay. so you can hear his dumb voice and see his dumb face because he loves that fucking module. The mysterious boyfriend. Right? Like, I've already had my girlfriend <laughs> on it, so like, uh, we'll just like... Are you Are you sure you want to expose him to us? Though? Oh, no, 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 That's no, no, the question. No, my, that's not the question. The question is uh, if I want 
to um, have him rip me to shit in a very personal way to all of you. Because <laughs> he can and fucking... He will put me on the biggest blast you've ever seen. And it's gonna yes. be bad. I don't... Is it... You know what? Is I, it, I, I'm on board. Is it a bigger the, blast than Brogan puts you on TikTok? Yeah, well, yes, because that stuff I instigate. He's just, Fair. Gonna, he's just gonna say some whack shit about me that we're not ready for. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna change like your viewpoint of Isma. It's gonna not. You be gotta good. do. I mean, the real question is like, are you gonna have both your boyfriend and Brogan? Oh, on, that's an episode of uh, its own. As and on like a Isma's partner special. I will never <laughs> recover from what they will put me through. It's so- <laughs> I know myself, and I know their dynamic. Uh, their dynamic is Isma is gonna die today. It's <laughs> <laughs> so upsetting. Isma, if it helps, if it helps, my opinion is you cannot be raised nor lowered. Oh, you think so now, baby? <laughs> you think so now? That, that's a very fun statement. I, I, I wish more people. I don't think you took that as, the, as, as what I meant it, but all right. <laughs> it can either be raised nor lowered, but it can be embossed. It can have some extras <laughs> added on there. <laughs> you put a few more adjectives before and after my boy name. It's going to be some asterisks next to it. Yeah, I get you. There will be footnotes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, but yeah, like my, my main experience with downtime uh, in Dungeons and Dragons has strangely been contrary to I guess a couple of points has been for half damage where we're running through Curse of Strahd but that is one because I've absolutely ruined that (laughs) module it does not exist in the way that it's supposed to I have not done a good job in keeping to the words but I like I I found it very useful especially for the podcast to have kind of downtime episodes in weeks where we are not able to meet and record like all together so it will either be like two people at a time Time, or it will be like little one-on-one sessions where it's me and me and them like playing as their character and an NPC. Uh, obviously, I prefer when we're all able to be together and play together as friends. But I've really enjoyed those little sessions where we're just able to sit down one-on-one and really get into individual characters and backstories. Because when everyone's together, atmosphere in Dungeons and Dragons can normally turn very chuckle fuck and yes. let's do whatever. Um, but when you have those one-on-ones, you because it feels more personal and it feels a lot more like a smaller safe space, uh, it mm-hmm. feels a lot easier to kind of get into the characters and their backstories and everything. Now, I, I've done pretty much the same thing with Another Path a handful of times, and every time at least one of the character like one of my players ends up having like a character epiphany I love it. like as we're going and then it's just like it's one of those things like sometimes it's not huge it doesn't always like come out in the episode but afterwards i'm talking to him it's like yeah i did not realize i didn't realize my character was gonna go this way or do this thing or feel this way about whatever's going on uh, but it lets them have those like really personal moments that maybe they would not 
want to take the opportunity to kind of bask in in a group setting yeah um or they wouldn't think to ask about in a group setting because they don't want to pull away from everybody else's fun yeah i also want to say with 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 that point with the solo when you have the solo sessions i am realizing that it's more important even than you might think in terms of people being bought into the game uh because sort of a key thing with this kind of with i think this kind of interactive narrative design is that as a player when you interact with the thing or when you take any action then that inherently ties you in and you become more invested Mm. right like every action you take invests you more heavily in the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. um so when you're in a big group uh like bigger the bigger bigger groups are worse for it but like when you're in a group you act a lot less and some people don't almost don't act at all right yeah. because uh there are other people doing stuff um so they'll just enjoy the ride and they'll be kind of you know you, you enjoy hanging out with your friends or whatever yeah. and then you like you shoot some monsters <laughs> um but then but like when you have a solo play every whatever whoever is playing is going to be it just has to act and has to react yeah. to things that are happening and therefore and that just inherently makes them bought in right so i think it's really important in terms of making people more firstly yeah more bought into the broader campaign but also um to like get them just into the rhythm of doing things especially for like newer players i think yeah. All right, this could be a strange episode. I mean, all of them are a little bit. So I know that we are only like halfway through now, but I'm going to ask now, does anyone have anything else about downtime in general that they were wanting to speak about in this episode? Oh, do you you have plans for later? I have plans for later. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Don't worry, it's entirely selfish. Nice. <laughs> Guys, I have a feeling the half past society is going to get ruined. <laughs> half past society is going to, to be used for my game you cannot today. Kill, you cannot yeah. kill that which has no trace. It's an ideology. <laughs> it's a ring of bastards, is what it is. It's a ring of bastards with a movement, is my Hutton. You will not tear us asunder. Do you need to attune to the ring of bastards? <laughs> That's an amazing. I love that. Oh god. Oh. Uh, but yeah, is there anything that uh, that people uh, wanted to really say about downtime? Uh so definitely I, I think one thing when when you're trying to like think of more inspiration for um trying to like keep your focus for what you want to happen in downtime or to like have ideas for downtime, it's actually pretty helpful to think of the three pillars of D&D um as with many parts of the design but like you have social interaction, exploration and combat usually. So yeah, I I, I didn't think about this earlier but actually yeah combat would still kind of count with those solo side quests um but yeah like social interaction obviously like you want people to be interacting with the npcs and the characters that are important for their backstories and the the characters who are important for the main campaign and the villains and you you want to tie characters together like that um but also exploration which i think happens a bit less the idea that you want to have aspects of the world appear right and like the the sessions aren't the only time when you're going on an adventure isn't the only time you can be exploring the world like there's lots of stuff like all the, all of the intrigue like any, any intrigue that isn't part of the main campaign and like all all of the any any factions any world building like you know character characters going out and like like receiving rumors and news of what's happening in other provinces and stuff like that all of that can happen in um downtime yeah rolling for rumors is pretty fun so and before before i thought of that side quest thing i swapped out combat for mechanical progress so like you've got all the mechanical stuff which is more the like the kind of stuff that's in the dmg sometimes but like 
yeah, you can build better than that. But yeah, stuff that will <laughs> make you better at combat later. I got something else. Um, yes. Definitely ask your players. Like when you're reaching a point where you think like downtime would be good, don't feel like you have to just, you know, psychically intuit what your players want to do. Just ask them. Like, even if it's like you have a Discord channel, I know that's what I'm doing for my uh, non-podcast D&D game that I'm running. It's like when, because we're playing, like I said earlier, we're playing Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. I inject downtime into that because I think it's really important. And I straight up asked, said, hey, you know, you've hit, you know, you hit third level. Uh, I want to take a quick break from whatever's going on right now because we've got a little while before we hit fourth level. What would your character like to do in this world? And everybody came up with a really good idea. You don't have to come up with it all off the dome. Now, if there's some ideas that you have, that's great. If uh, there are things that your players come up with just as a matter of course while, you know, while they're role playing. Um, I had one of my very good friends, the uh, co-host on Imprinted Echoes, uh, Rin, when she was playing a, a tabaxi, came up with this whole like tarot card bone reading thing that she just knew how to read. Like she Ooh. came up with a board and like dropped Mancala stones on it. And at, depending on how it scattered was what your future held. And it was rad as hell. <laughs> and fuck? that was a game right there like <laughs> yeah. she spent like an hour because this was also like a seven or eight person group and she read everybody's fortune that night Why? and it was <laughs> awesome like let oh, let your so players cool. be players let them do what they want to do facilitate you don't need to be psychic. You just need to facilitate. Ooh, I nice. love it. I, I, yeah, I want to quickly say, because uh, just to amend what I was saying, that like I, that wasn't like inspiration for stuff you can do. Like It, it, it absolutely should be player first like that. Oh, yeah. um, the three pillars thing, uh, I would just like, that is a really good way to inspire mm -hmm. you to think of consequences to the things and like more to flesh out the things that your players are doing Absolutely. so for instance if you play your player wants to start a bakery or something <laughs> then like you can go through like social who are they directly doing business with who's taxing them who's the local yeah wheat baron who knows uh, <laughs> and like but yeah and also exploration like now you can tell your players all about the fancy elven wheat uh, uh, and that feeds into the combat fuck up the barons i'm all for it <laughs> Uh, I have one. I have one. Real quick. Um, please fucking do it. Yeah, I'm begging you, do it. No, because there's this right as as DMs. I think a lot of us kind of, and I know I'm guilty of this. We kind of fall into this trap of like just like we have a grand story and yeah. we wish to tell that, and like that's good. I'm glad you have that. But like, please, for the love of God, put some points in there where the players get to drive things a bit more because like it. It A, gives you a break from the narrative. It lets you kind of, like, recontextualize things if you need to. But also, it just, it, it just again, I cannot stress enough, good narrative have peaks and valley. If it all peak, it bad. No one like a roller coaster that only go up. <laughs> that not good. That's bad. Ooh, wait a second. <laughs> now, are we Tell me more like... about this roller coaster. <laughs> it's called an escalator. It's by Hutton, and it exists in every mall in America. <laughs> but that's besides the point. <laughs> Tell me but, more. Yeah. I, I know uh, people tend to kind of let downtime go by the wayside and I think it is a very important part of D&D that I think a lot of us kind of either knowingly or kind of without thinking about it kind of let it fall to one side so definitely keep it in mind it is there it's a tool use it please god yeah, yeah and just a really quick point like yeah with 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 structure that I, the thing is totally right 
and I think when you when you're thinking about like modules and adventure, like like a group adventure, I I just received this advice recently, and I think it's great. This is how I'm going to structure things: is to you have like module things, like you go to a place and you do some stuff in that place, and keep that to around like between three and five character levels or something, not like shitloads of sessions. And then you can go back, and then you can have make time for these like individual things, and you can take maybe like a week or two off or something while you while your players are doing downtime things. Yeah. Like mix things up. It mixes things up a lot more, because I because it also helps you avoid like that campaign burnout when you when you're like fifty percent of the way through a two year epic. Yeah. <laughs> Hello there, nerds, and welcome to the middle of the podcast break chat with Ismay. Hope that you're enjoying the episode. Thanks for sticking with us through our Christmas break that I took off because I wanted to have a little sleep instead of doing crit chat. And so I did that. Uh, I hope that everyone enjoyed their whatever they were able to get up to this year in this weird world that we live in. Um, But yeah, and I hope that you enjoy that we are back doing the thing that we do. I was gonna say the thing we do best, but the thing that we do is... (laughs) It's going to be where I stop that sentence. Um, but yes, I uh, hope that you are ready for uh, the next part of this episode, which is just me being entirely selfish. Uh, but before then, I'm going to be selfish again and get you to do all the social media stuff. Is that selfish? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Be selfish sometimes. Uh, please help us by doing the social media stuff. You can find us on social medias all across everywhere. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook. If you uh, search Crit Chat. That's a podcast you're listening to if you forgot. If you search Crit Chat, then you can find our our Facebook page and our uh, Twitter thing, the Twitter thing that we've got. And it will give you updates on the episode and also lets us know that you're there and keeps us all, all happy and knowing that our friends are out there listening to us. We've also got our Discord, which is down in the description of wherever you're listening to this. So you can go and chat to us on there. All of these we like, you know, like having conversations with folk and it's a good time. Also, especially if you're on Facebook and Twitter, it's a good place to maybe tag us in things. If you see people struggling and needing D&D advice, if you tag us in that, then we can maybe give them advice there or direct them to an episode of this very podcast that might be able to help them out. It's word of mouth, baby. We don't know how to make other people listen to us other than word of mouth. I don't have the money to give fucking advertisements taken out. So you're our advertisements, please and thank you. We also have another podcast, if you do so wish to listen to that. It is called Half Damage. Half Damage is an actual play podcast where we play through Curse of Strahd, uh, but a bastardized version of it. It's got a lot of your favorite crit chatters all the way over there, uh, and it's a really good time. It makes you laugh, it makes you cry, it makes you a little bit spooked and scared. Uh, And I think that you will very much enjoy it if you enjoy our monkey shines on this podcast. That is Half Damage, wherever you find podcasts. If somehow, for some reason in this world, you have some extra monies lying around and would like to help us out, for as little as a dollar a month, it can really do us a lot of good if you go over to patreon.com forward slash critchat. As I say, for as little as a dollar a month, it's less than a tiny little cup of coffee. It helps us out and it makes sure that we're able to put our things up on lots of platforms. You get some cool rewards, some behind the scenes stuff at any level. Uh, and yeah, it makes us smile, makes us, you know, able to keep doing this thing for you. That is patreon.com forward slash crit chat. I think that's all the things I need to say. Is that all the things I need to say? Yeah, whatever. I'm going to assume it is and go about my silly little life. Hope you enjoy the episode. I'll talk to you later, nerds. Bye-bye. Is everybody ready for me being on my bullshit? <laughs> no. Yeah. Go ahead. Always. <laughs> <laughs>
constantly. Your bullshit sustains me, isn't it, Hutton? And you like, know this. I was gonna say, if if answer no, why crit chat? <laughs> <laughs> why, why be here? <laughs> you know what this is. Uh, okay. So, w- welcome to a segment that uh, I've not named, but I'm going to tentatively name. Please help me. Ah! <laughs> so, uh, in this segment, please help me. Ah! You're going to help me t- uh, plan my campaign because I- I'm sleepy and I don't want to. Uh, gonna, <laughs> we're going to keep this like quite general because like I think that a lot of these are general enough that it can help people with for ideas uh, for downtime for their players. Um, cause I, I, in the campaign that I'm currently running for like my girlfriend and her, uh, actor friends, a lot of the things that they'd probably be doing in their downtime are things that people would be doing in their downtime in a lot of campaigns, a lot of like very classic class trope. Uh, and so I thought it would be interesting what you guys would say would be a good thing to do for these non-specific, specific characters, <laughs> if you catch my meaning. <laughs> so we're going to go from what I think is the least specific and therefore like most like uh, accessible for like good advice for people um, to ones that are very, very specific and <laughs> uh, are just going to help me and essentially no one else. So here <laughs> we go. First up, I think a pretty classic good one. In my campaign, we've got a rogue that is going to be making their own thieves guild. What is a good way to start going about that to like give this character some fun d- downtime stuff that makes up a thieves guild and gives them some fun mechanical advantages in the campaign proper? Find a hideout. Ooh, I love find a hideout. Where are you going to put this thing? And it doesn't have to stay here forever. You probably want like mm. two or th- three of these bad boys like around a single city just in case you need a retreat location. But where is what business are you going to low key overtake? What sewer are you going to invade and block off? Like, how are you going to hide this thing from prying guards? Yeah, the the infiltrated business is my favorite thing. Yeah. Well, the the rogue in my campaign uh, made a thieves guild, which is a knitting circle, and it's, I love that so it's much. Just fucking oh, sick. Knitting so good. Circle is everything to me. <laughs> That's so f- tremendously good. <laughs> Knit pearl stab. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about knitting. <laughs> No, that's all of it. Like, that's okay, cool. knitting as far as I've done it. Uh, I like that a lot because, like, Thieves' Cant is obviously a thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a kind of, like, ephemeral thing that you're like, oh, yeah, you see some Thieves' Cant on the wall or whatever. <laughs> like, sometimes you get that. I really like the idea that not only do you have Thieves' Cant, but you are able to kind of do a little bit in person. So, like, you know, they're interacting with an NPC uh, and someone just starts talking in knitting metaphors. They're like, oh, that person's part of the Thieves' Guild, baby. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, I like <laughs> that, that grandma, so much. That grandma dropped the stitch over there. It's like, ah, yes, her coin purse is loose. Go get it. Like, I like uh-huh. that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's so good. Honestly, one and done. That was perfect. I'm excited for that. Gucci. Another one that is pretty general. We've got a paladin who is still kind of in his training and, yeah, in general, trying to, like, become a better paladin is a part of an order that is very, like, stringent and needs them to do tasks and go to school and stuff so that they can be the best paladin that they can be. 
What do in downtime? How explored is your world? Like, how settled is it? Pretty settled. Pretty settled. Okay. It's more like a kind of, uh, we're doing a kind of Waterdeep-esque setting where it's like, sure. you've got enough in this fucking city without traveling outside it, baby. For people who are operating in a more wild, untamed world or, a, you know, a, a, a world that where aspects have been lost... Put like a shrine or a temple or something just outside of the city that's like a day's ride so it's far enough away that it's dangerous and then have them navigate that and just make a couple of like really simple low level encounters. And honestly, you could do something very similar even within the city is like, hey, part of your training, you got to go through this trial, you know, this ordeal. Okay. Go through it. Everybody does it, you know. It's a, is it a hazing ritual? Absolutely. But you're <laughs> yeah. gonna do it if you want to get the good lay on hands. Um, <laughs> get the good lay on hands. <laughs> not this weird chump lay on hands that you already got. You want another five points? Pony up the hazing. Um, get the good lay on hands is some frat boy stuff that I don't need to get into. <laughs> I'm so scared of Fact. Um... Otherwise, what you the other thing, again, depending on the order, depending on what you're having them do around town, making them go out on a couple of pro bono missions like, hey, there is a, a, a drug den that has been or organized crime, something that has been flaring up. It's too tough for local law enforcement. So you're going to supplement them. And that would be an, another really nice chance to show it's like, hey, your character is actually like head and shoulders above the common rabble. Even though you're like level three, level four, level five, you're nothing to fuck with. Because you can walk in and you can walk into a room where there's like 15 dudes and they look to you. Because even with your minimal training, you're something to worry about. The, yeah, Paladin definitely feels like solo. Like, yeah, that's good solo mm-hmm. killer monster. Yeah. Help the help help the guard. That's pretty fun. Absolutely, I like that. I was just yeah. Saying, yeah, my- or find a hideout. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> find or a just hideout. Like furry underground, baby. <laughs> Knitting circle paladin. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Oh. Nothing is. Uh, nothing is. Could, Templar yeah. of the Holy Stitch. Yes. Go back to the paladin episode. Which of the subclasses is a knitting paladin? <laughs> my dad. We got it. <laughs> Okay, now, uh, so uh, just for context, there is only uh, five people in this. I say only five. That's a fucking good amount of folk. That's a good chunk of folk when you get down to it. So this is the middlemost specific one. We've got uh, the sorcerer in the campaign. Is Loki trying to take down a cult? Question mark. I can get very specific about it. However, we're trying to make it kind of general. So let's just go with Sorcerer trying to take down a cult. Um, my idea would be like, does the Sorcerer know anything about this cult? Like, I'm assuming. Yeah, like, so this okay. specific one uh, is trying to take down the cult that made them a Sorcerer in the oh, first okay. place. Oh, okay. So they're kind of familiar with it. I, I would say like, you know, if you're in this city, like run interference on some of their operations, perhaps like, and then that oh. could lead to bigger kind of plot hooks in the future for you, also, and for the sorcerer character as well. They and they feel like they're making progress in that goal of like bringing yeah. this cult down a little bit, and also they're learning more about it at the same time. Yeah, that that would be my idea. Yeah. Also, find a hideout. <laughs> there we go. 
<laughs> yeah, find a hideout. Also find, hideout. Again. Find a hideout. I'm gonna I'm really gonna I'm really excited for how you're gonna make these two last ones become make a hideout. <laughs> I'm just going to say the words. Just say the three words. That's all you need. Yeah. Also with that with that last one, I think a lot of it will be um rendezvousing with other factions that are opposed to the cult that you're trying to take down, including like whatever kind of lore is yeah. uh, in the area like i imme- it immediately makes me think of the um especially the guy Ritchie uh, sherlock holmes movies and like you, you know you want you want people who have rings you want like the and like the the scene where um uh whatever the police guy that sherlock always talks to is called um he pretends Stop. to be a part of the like weird wizard cult by like shift flashing he like like put, pulls open his lapel and there's like the little uh, symbol of the, the like cult that the, this dude is on uh yeah. and he's pretending to have captured sherlock but he's it's all it's all a ruse um <laughs> it's a ruse. yeah so like stuff like that acquiring the means to pass as a cult member and like yeah how many people have gotten out of this cult like your sorcerer has uh, for for this specific example uh very few the sorcerer uh, was supposed to die it's again we're getting too specific with it but like sorcerer was supposed to die in a ritual made by the cult didn't die sure uh, and wants revenge so in that case 100 percent, what alfred said is like absolute aces like have your sorcerer find their way to other people who are already looking to take down the cult mm-hmm. um otherwise join the rogue and <laughs> help him find the yeah. hideout and then that way they can use the thieves guild to Ooh. infiltrate that way you can kind of weave those two stories together a little bit if they'd be interested in that yeah. i know some players would love that some players would less than love that <laughs> that's fair uh, Ooh. So, but yeah, if those two players like role playing together and yeah. that sounds like fun to them, making it be their idea to join forces to to mm-hmm. kind of suss that out would be <laughs> a really interesting way to take that. And you have to do less work. I love then less work. Oh, you're speaking <laughs> exactly. to my heart, baby. Look, I've been running for 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 five years consistently i'm all about doing less work see i've been like you you're falling behind i've been walking campaigns for five years (laughs) i've been doing a gentle stroll through my campaigns for a long time now a leisurely meander (laughs) also if your character has like a big backstory with the with the thing like that you can have like especially if it was a long time in the past you can have like people who you only like you, you you when you meet characters you can be like they seem weirdly familiar but like you can't place it and also like if you could have cult members who they only ever heard like the the sound of their voice but never saw their face and uh then like mm. it sounds kind of and uh yeah and and also wh- whenever you do anything with cults there should be like crazy twists and like someone high up who is, is a friend who is actually a cult member that's you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta have that gotta have it yeah i also very much enjoy like i feel like through all of these no matter what when you're thinking of like doing downtime for your characters Always a very good idea to uh, to like think of which ones can and should coincide. Because uh, mm-hmm. again, yeah, mm. one less work, less less having to do things, and two, it just it, it cements them more as a group a lot of the time. Yeah, 
and kind of adds to that that feeling of this is destiny mm-hmm. instead of like, mm-hmm. oh, these are just some idiots that got together. It's like, oh, no, no, no. You were supposed to be with these people all along. That's your grand fantasy destiny, baby. Mm-hmm. This is how it's supposed to work. And I yeah. love that. Like your rogue finds like a suspicious, he finds like a unusual magic item at a scene of a crime. And they're like, I've got to take this. You, 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 I guess you'll have to take this to some kind of wizard. And they're like, oh, I know a wizard. And then, yeah, you've got two people. And now, and then there's something interesting about the magic item and the wizard wants to look after it. Now you've got a two-person side quest. It's fucking great. I love it. Okay. Weirdly, the second to last least specific. Okay. Okay. Get ready for this. We got a cleric who is um, a cleric of themselves. They are their own god. They need to become more godly. How do you make... <laughs> How do you make it so a character becomes more of a god in their downtime? Run Exalted. That's just run Exalted. I don't fucking know. Stop playing D&D, play Exalted. I don't... What what (laughs) defines a god in your universe? Uh, So, yeah, this is is me going on my, my, like, Terry Pratchett bullshit of, like, gods are just people and things that you got believed in enough and now have powers. So like essentially the reason that this character has powers is because they did just like a very minor miracle thing that at one point someone heard a rumor from someone that heard a rumor from someone meant that this kid was going to be destined for godhood. Uh, And because of that, they got in just enough belief in that to have some magic powers and because of that, more people believe. So the more people that believe that this random person is a god, the more powerful they will get. If you're wondering if this is my girlfriend's character, don't worry anymore, baby. Of course it is. Just the idea of a cleric worshipping themselves. I thought it was your character, honestly. Um. I'm the DM! <laughs> I already have my fantasy trip. I'm god. I'm already god. I don't have to get there. Can you imagine being a player in a campaign where where the DM's partner was also playing in the campaign and also the D- that DM decided to allow their partner to be literally a god uh, among players? Uh, like, yeah. you- <laughs> imagine I, the Reddit hey, post. Hey, Alfred, Alfred, I don't have to imagine. It has happened to me. Uh, and I and I imagine it's like way it was way more busted than what Ismay is running because Ismay is at least making Brogan work for it. Mm. To wit, oh. I think what you need to do is you need to and this is where you get to put this onto onto your girlfriend. She can do whatever she wants, but it needs to be big and it needs to be in public. <laughs> she can do she needs to do something huge and flashy in a town square. Or like because whatever like whatever she does, she needs to convince people that she is in fact the real deal. Yeah. Whether it is like walking some like into a uh into a hospital wing and like curing a bunch of people, mm-hmm. whatever it is. She needs to like run it by you, and then you come up with the roles for it, and yeah. then you're done. Mm. I think even I think that that's a great idea. Um, you might want to even um step outside the D and D rules a bit, and maybe use Monster of the Week. I think has uh, big magic. Um, I think is one of the skills. Oh, yeah. Something like big magic, anything that gives you like a good chance, like lots of mixed successes and a good chance of yeah both failure and success. Um. Yeah, um, it can't be like add your proficiency modifier plus charisma because then you yeah. succeed like 
70 80% of the time (laughs) on a similar note to that uh, Monster Hearts also has a very I think they're both powered by the apocalypse Monster Hearts has a very similar like pass fail system and what's neat about that is that there are tons of monster types so you could pick like a god skin for for the character and you could say hey it's like as you know when you are activating these specifically deity role play abilities instead of using your D character sheet you're going to use your monster character sheet what? or your hunter character sheet or whatever you know system you decide to pull from and then that not only forces them to you know use something with a little bit more risk to it but also makes them flavor themselves as a deity instead of as a person who is also a god. If I know Brogan like I think I do, she needs to find herself a hideout. And by hideout, I, of course, mean Church of Christ. So have her, like, you can get that girl a church. I'm just saying, take the people to the church. That girl a church. I, uh, I know this is, again, a bit more specific. Currently, um, in her character's parents' kitchen is just a little shrine to, like, you know how, like, normally parents have, like, if they're proud of, their, like, their only uh, child, it's a very big only child thing, when they've got, like, all of their accolades and stuff on the walls, and like, oh, look at our kid and how good at sports they are. Um, they've got that, except it's all, it's genuinely a shrine which people on the street come and, like, give little offerings to every so often. Often, so that's fun for me. Uh, See, now I'm picturing a temple with like a big <gasps> soccer trophy. Yes! Like just a real big <laughs> yeah, sorry, football trophy. Pretty and like much. tennis swim team. Like, Got the like a varsity jacket that's the like holy a mantle. Book is the photo albums that they show you they show your guests whenever they come over. This is a really specific <laughs> one for me, but uh, yeah, like, you know, when they've got like the, the plaques no. all around and it's just like Duke of Edinburgh no. award <laughs> things. Like, on all... My parents weren't proud of me, so I never had the awards on display. <laughs> That's fair. I didn't get Same. it. So I, mean, that, I, mean, I mean, that too, but they could have at I least was... faked it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was in theater, so I got nothing. Uh, At least at my tiny ass high school, there 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 was no varsity theater. I don't know what What? any of those. What's varsity? I don't understand. Okay, okay. (laughs) What American? In American high schools, there is a a concept of varsity, which means you are you are effectively like the elite, quote unquote, of your school at whatever given thing you did. So it's like varsity. Football, varsity, yeah. soccer, varsity, mm. you know, lacrosse. It's no like my America's so fucked up. You've got fucking classism baked into it. <laughs> like, no fucking on every like level. We do, Owen. It's awful. Every so often, though, you'll get to a school that has varsity, but not the kind of varsity oh, where you need to, like, you know, like sports. spend eight hours a day working on your body. Like we, they will have varsity speech and debate. Wild. Um, I, I believe I have heard of schools that have like varsity choir and stuff like that. <laughs> so where it is, just... <laughs> that, does that make us <laughs> you varsity? Does that make us va- varsity D and D people? Oh, yes. I don't yeah, think that yeah. does anyway. Look, if that existed, no, it fucking doesn't make us that (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say with with the god stuff uh i really like um like inner spaces and like stuff like that like with monks it's really useful you can just have like an like a space that like they transported into their inner inner space and they like have to do shit there whatever you want them to do their mind palace but like also Mm. with uh with this god stuff i'm immediately like well because i think people dream in the astral sea i think is the law 
But you could you so. could have it so that they dream in the divine plane and they just fucking show up there. And now it's like, well, the gods are there and also you're there now. And now you have to figure out how you're going to, like, how you, you guys' relationship is because this is pretty weird. <laughs> oh, what if they, what if they, like, started having the ability to invade other people's dreams? Oh, my God. And, terrifying. like, fix stuff in the dreams. It's awful and I love See, it. See, I was imagining like the going to the divine planes, but because they're like still quite a minor god, is just with the the rest of all the minor gods. Yes. And they're like, oh, what's, uh, your, not... what's your thing? And they're like, I don't know what my thing is. They're like, well, you can't just be generally a god. You have to have something specific. Like I'm I'm the god of beetles. That's so good. Like, I'm very into that. The guild of minor can, can gods. You go, you go to like workshopping. You, you do like workshops with like... <laughs> <laughs> led, by, led by slightly greater gods who are just like, look, are you, you gotta work through oh. what you like with your things. Thank you for coming to my god talk. They sit backwards on a chair to relate to you. I was just like you once. I also had no domain. Now I'm the god of fucking that thing where you say hello, but it's to someone behind the person you're talking to. I'm the god of that. Right? Oh, they're still like B listers, but they're like, I'm uh, better than you, Beetle God. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to my God X Fandolin talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last one that is specific, but I feel like we can make more general. We have the bard that is already uh, running a defense lawyer firm. <laughs> I, I don't know enough about law to know what to do in the downtime. Hey. Hey, Ismay. Yeah. Is this Ace Attorney? I was going to say, just watch guess, Play Phoenix right. Get <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I was going to say, but also, I'm literally a marketing associate <laughs> oh. for a lawyer. Thank you. Give me all of their case files. <laughs> Is that what you're allowed to do? <laughs> I mean, so there's a couple of ways you can go about it. One, just play some Phoenix right. You're going to really love it. I believe it's out on Switch now. Nice. Uh, can't go wrong. Two, come up with a really long, convoluted case that somehow is going to link back to your main plot and then give it to them now and have them as downtime start working <laughs> on it. And then if they're smart, if they're paying attention, they realize, wait, this NPC is connected to this NPC. I have legal recourse to do X, Y, and Z and do like personal research at this place. And also I can, at the same time, I could be doing research into the main plot stuff. I will say, this sounds ridiculously cool. The other thing I will say is, have you fucking met me? You think that my brain can do that? You think I have the brain function for this? Here's, How dare you? Here's, here's the, ridiculous, the ridiculously dirty secret. You yeah. don't have to have it all planned out off the bat. You have to tell them that you have it all planned out off the bat. But that can, that's a lie. You say that like a liar. Because you just wait until it's like, oh, I need an NPC. What NPC can I recycle from the main plot <laughs> and just put in here as it well? Works. And it's like, is it a little too convenient? Absolutely. Yeah. Is your player going to care when they realize, oh, wait, I can do this super cool thing? No, they're not going to fucking care. <laughs> they're going to say, I can do the cool thing. Let me do the cool thing. But, yeah, how do, you feel about, how do you feel about PvP? Oh, Let me explain. Bad. So there's some fraud. So I've heard there's some fraud in the knitting industry. <laughs> we need to defend the knitting industry from all this fraud that's going on. 
I don't know why. That's just a very funny idea to me if you like PvP and are a social masochist. Or Knitting Circle gets caught. Knitting Circle gets caught. I mean, yeah. They're coming that's, down. Oh. That's what you do if you're better at it like, than if you, right. if you don't hate your friends. But see, like, no, see, what you're, you guys are doing right now is um, making a problem for me because you're stumbling upon uh, my main campaign ideas because that is going to be a season. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the second you can make downtime main time, you've already won. Yeah, fair. Because, like, if that's a season right there, then cool. Don't do that now, but definitely do that going forward. Because if you can make, hey, we need all of our group to rally together in order to, like, like our group is being attacked from without. We need to turtle up. Like, that is going to create some capital U unity. And that's what you're looking for. And then you have a big season three arc where everything goes to shit. Better yet, just say that the bee folk are suing humanity for seizing all their honey all this time and now your bar bees, has to bees, defend bees. the bee folk. Just do like a bee in movie. The bee yeah, movie. Yeah, do the bee, bee yeah, movie. Yeah, do a bee Yes. And Jerry Seinfeld plays the bees. <laughs> I'll fucking rope him into it. Let's do it, baby. What What the fuck's he doing? What the fuck? He's complaining <laughs> about how he isn't funny he's anymore. Not- <laughs> it's his whole job. <laughs> So what's the deal with me not being funny anymore? What What's the over-under of Jerry Seinfeld being on Cameo? Oh, oh he's on uh, Cameo. Has, he has not be. Like, literally, oh, it is impossible that it's show. not. God, I forgot about Cameo. Open it up. Never forget about Cameo. Yeah, he's on here. Of course. Oh, wait, no. Everyone else that's on Seinfeld is on here. He is not. (gasps) Ooh, hold it out. But you can get the Chuckle Brothers. (laughs) That's going to be difficult, Alfred. Can you get the Chuckle Brothers? Because one of them's dead Can you get the Chuckle Brother? Oh, sorry. A Chuckle Brother, maybe. It might not be. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's true. <laughs> we have to get off a of camera. Hey, we we also do need to end the episode. Uh, thank you guys for um using a good majority of this, helping me specifically out. I hope that it was general enough most of the time for other people to be able to use it. But also, I don't care. Now I'm better off. So that's good. Uh, let's do the thing where we do plugs. Alfred Clark, do you have plug? Ah, I kind of vaguely do game dev stuff and um, D&D stuff. And um, hopefully I'm going to steal the idea to do like learn with me stuff, um, maybe. Um, I'm kind of studying a bunch now, so I'm doing less of other stuff. But I'm I'm on all the the social medias, including Twitch. And you can find all of those links through my website, alfreds.website. Chase Gillingly, what you got for us? Uh, you can find me on Sundry Podcasts on the Ghostlight Media Podcast Network, that ghostlightmedia.net. Uh, I'm the GM of Another Path, which is an actual play D&D podcast. I am a player on Imprinted Echoes, which is an actual play uh, cipher system podcast using the uh, world of Numenera. And uh, you can find me as a contributor on Shakespeare, which is a roundtable discussion podcast talking about the classics, because we finished all of <laughs> Shakespeare. Oh my god. At TQ Loudly on Twitter, also, if you're into the Twitter stuff. Owen Piper, what got for me? Yeah, do you know you can get a cameo from a dog called Puggy Smalls? It's very good. Thank you. Give to me. That's what I want. (laughs) 
Merry um, Christmas, happy birthday, Ismay. <laughs> no, for real though. Um, you can find me and all what I'm doing. I'm on the Twitter.com um, at the Owen Piper, where I tweet about whatever the fuck I'm currently contemplating at that present moment, um, with no filter. Uh, you can also find my podcast, Think of the Children. It's a comedy podcast in which we ruin your childhood. We take the things you remember and we make them worse. For instance, we we make Boobar into a terrible death cult in which children need to offer up sacrifices to eldritch beings. You can find all that and more over at my website, totccast.com. The way I'm saying it makes it sound very uninteresting, but I promise I'm actually very <laughs> excited about it. <laughs> Again, ru- absolutely ruined the lore of your podcast every time that you're here, but it's yes, fine. Don't worry yes, about it. Yes, Don't worry about fine. that lore. This is the the neutral zone. Everything's non- good. Non-canonical. Yeah, this is the, yeah, this, is the tr- this is the beach episode, like extended <laughs> beach episode, where like the villains and the heroes yeah, hang yeah, out yeah. for a while. Oh, uh, he's dead or alive, extreme volleyball. Also, this is yeah, our extreme dude. Hey, hey, last piece of advice. Do a Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball episode for your players. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a beach episode. Gift everyone sexy lingerie and bits of pie in an Xbox and make them play volleyball. <laughs> Get high in a spa. It's a great time. Have the have the volleyball be judged by Puggy Smalls. Just do whatever feels good. No, no rules. Just, just right. write Outback Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I, uh, you can find me everywhere at a teacup gamer. Uh, you can find me on like Instagram and the other things, uh, Twitter, uh, everywhere. A teacup gamer. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch at a teacup gamer. Twitch.tv forward slash a teacup gamer. If you want to watch me play games like Sherlock Holmes, where I'm very bad at things because my brain real smooth, don't understand how do things, but I try my hardest. Hey, you did those puzzles cute. real good. <laughs> I try. You do those puzzles real I good. Just, I, look, if it's like an actual like physical puzzle, that shit I've got. Anything that requires deductive reasoning and or math, too gay for that. Not doing it. Um, but I do try. <laughs> so yeah, it's twitch.tv for slash ATeacupGamer for that. And yeah, if you want to find Crit Chat, you can find us everywhere at Crit Chat. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and the Spotify and all the podcast apps, and we do this every other Saturday. And until then, I have been Ismet. I've been Alfred. I've been Chase. I've been Owen Piper, and I will see you once again at half past eight, my brethren. No! Our time will come. Do not let Ismet have an eraser. 8 p.m. every time. <laughs> see you later, nerds. We shall Shit. unite at 3.30 p.m. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs>